Welcome to the Grace Church Conversations podcast, a weekly resource to help you apply Sunday to Monday. I'm Jared. And I'm Rob. I saw you like moving your fingers like you're orchestrating it because it's exactly well, it the just, same. It was just <laughs> such a cool intro and I'm just, uh, you know, it's, 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 fun, it's, to watch. Dude, it's fun to listen to you do that. Yeah, it's weird because if I'm not, if I don't have my headphones on and I'm saying the introduction, it doesn't sound like the introduction, but as soon as I start saying it, it's weird because it sounds like the podcast. It's almost like a game, like you could do like the game, sh- a game show guy. Like you oh, could you just, think you so? Could, you, you could. You, if you really tried, you could do oh, that. Oh, thanks, man. It, it I'd have works. to like do like a like a deeper like, welcome to the Grace Church Conversation yeah, you Podcast. Have to inflect. Like, it's exactly like, right. You have to inflect. I have no idea. But anyways, how are you doing, man? I'm good, man. It's been VBS this week. Yeah, it's been crazy around here, hasn't it's it? fantastic. It's all it's decorated. Great week. Feels a little bit colder in the auditorium. Yes. Well, it should because it's it's Operation Arctic. That's so true. it needs to be cold. Yeah. I, you know, I for one really enjoy pictures of, you know, the northern lights. And so walking in and seeing the Aurora Borealis across the back wall. Yes. I'm glad you caught that. Changed my life. That's great. Good job, Jared. Oh, thanks. Do I get a gold star for that? You you can come in and get snacks, anything you want. Are you this being week serious? At, are you like uh, VBS? Are you, are you being condescending right no, now? No, because you noticed <laughs> you noticed an intentional design, stage design. You get to come in and get anything you want in terms of snacks. Okay, I'll I thought for a second you were being like, uh, "Yeah, good job, Jared." <laughs> like, wow, condescending. <laughs> good for that's you. Right. You're such a smart person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that's fine. Well. It's Tuesday. So how is Tuesday of VBS? Tuesday of VBS? Great. Yeah. Uh, Monday's always the hardest because you get, I mean, everybody's coming in uh, yeah. for the first time and checking in. And that's always, that's always stressful. Uh, any vacation Bible school my kids ever went to, the first day was always stressful. Yeah. And for the past, say, I guess this is our sixth year to do VBS. Every Monday, it's there's something, and, yeah. and some stuff came up this Monday as well. But it was the smoothest uh, transition, you know, smoothest check-in of any yeah, Monday yeah, that yeah. we've ever had of VBS. That's so, great. So it was really, it was, it was really good. That's awesome. Did yeah. you go to VBS like growing up? I think my I was a part of a church plant as a as a little kid. Okay. And we did vacation Bible school like one time, and oh, I did yeah. not like it. It was one of those things I hated. Oh no! It. I just that it was just just a small little group of kids. Oh and no, that's the, the music worst. was bad. It's like and five of you. Yes. And it's like there is no energy here. <laughs> there was and it was no like production value. There was it was in the yeah. mid '80s, so it was just kind of this new thing where it was like just get all Someone the kids just together. Like puts and, a Petra CD on. And <laughs> exactly. Put a Petra CD. <laughs> well, no, it'd be a gets some really cheap tape. orange drink. <laughs> yeah, and, that's right, orange uh, drink. <laughs> Mix it up in the in the uh, cooler dispenser <laughs> thingy. Right. There wasn't cool songs and yeah. uh, staging, none of that stuff. It was very uh, rudimentary, but it yeah, was... Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't particularly remember enjoying VBS as a okay. kid, but, uh, all my kids have enjoyed it and that's I, cool. I, I, yeah, so it's different. Yeah. The church I grew up at, uh, when I was a little kid, they, they did a lot from my memory. Maybe if I, maybe if I could go back in time as an adult, I would say like, wow, yeah. this is like, did they spend $5 on this? Right. But as a kid, <laughs> it felt like, wow, this is just incredible. 
Although there were some years that it was just like, did you guys give up or like maybe <laughs> maybe it got to be like a week out and you all were like, oh wait, did we plan anything for? Did PBS you pull this out week? of the closet? It's, yeah, exactly. Like it's Saturday night and you know the pastor wakes up in a cold sweat. <gasps> we didn't do anything and VBS <laughs> sure. starts on Monday. <laughs> uh, but, exactly. Okay, so there were really cool years. Like one year there was like a Wild West theme, which cool. was like okay. super cool. Like yeah. they gave out Slim Jims, and that one of the biggest memories was someone had stapled the Slim Jim to the build, like the side of the building. <laughs> like, I don't know why this happened, but then there were a bunch of ants crawling up the side of the building, eating the Slim Jim and like all of us and kids thought that was the most amazing part. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exa- yeah. But like one year where it was very blatantly, like they dropped the ball was they revamped the stage to look like a theater with a big curtain and everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they hired a ventriloquist oh, no. and they okay. gave out like, Dum Dum Pops, like somehow Dum Dum Pops was a theme. That I don't. Just, it was weird, that dude. That sounds scary to me. To it was. It was very weird. Uh, yeah, I, I either think, that goes well or that goes really bad. And I don't think it ever goes well. <laughs> <laughs> like I think the only time it goes well is in very, very, very strate- strategically <laughs> produced YouTube videos of Jeff Dunham, <laughs> and that's it. That's great. Uh, so yeah, those are my memories. But no, it, it was cool uh, just seeing the the set and everything here at the church and all the decorations and stuff. Very cool, and it's all the great. volunteers it's that showed great. up. So. Yep. Yeah, Ryan uh, and all the volunteers and everyone involved have done such a good job, and phenomenal. so much planning has gone into this. And every so. year, and it's just been phenomenal. Yeah, so, could, so it's exciting. I saw that you sent out a email to the church today. Yes. Do you, do you want to share any of that? Yes. Any of the stats? Um, so they are so so every year at, at Vacation Bible School, there is a fundraising component to it. And for several years, I really, I probably, maybe, maybe every year we've done it, it mm. our proceeds have gone to Dave, Dave and Stacey Hare mm-hmm. in Cameroon working among the Bakun people. And uh, the past few years, it's been malaria medicine that, we, that we've raised money for. And we've always been able to, by God's grace, to raise that, uh, hit that number. And so this year, the kids are trying to raise $6,000 for malaria medication for mm-hmm. the Hare family. And one of those ways that we're trying to do that is we've partnered with Tacos for Life, yeah, uh, which is really, really good food. And if uh, anybody goes to Tacos for Life this Monday, so tomorrow night. You Wednesday. Um, so this is, yeah, so this is Wednesday. Somebody's listening to this. So yeah, that's tonight, right. tonight, if you go to Tacos for Life tonight, <laughs> Wednesday, June to nine, 5th. Yes. Wednesday, <laughs> June 5th. <laughs> so just show up, uh, five to nine tonight and just let them know that you're with Grace Church yeah. and 20% of the proceeds goes to that mission fund. So go enjoy, uh, dinner, uh, together as a family or, or whatever. And then, uh, uh, you'll be supporting the mission fund. So, so yeah, that'd be great. Very cool. Very good. Um, well, that's exciting. I'm, I'm glad that there's a component where we're yeah. reaching out as well as uh, creating a space to minister to children here, both in our church and in the community. Very yeah. About, cool. about, I think it's right at 50% of the, of the kids that uh, have come to, to VBS are outside of the church. Really? So in the community wow. or friends of friends and that kind of thing. That's awesome. So that's just amazing. That's really great. Yep. That's cool, man. Well, hey, why don't we jump into some questions yeah. from the sermon? Uh, as a reminder, you can text in your questions uh, relating to the sermon to 469 573 2920. 
Um, and we got one question this week, and um, it's definitely a tougher, uh, you know, it's a tougher topic. Uh, so I'm just gonna dive in and read it. Um, person asks this. They say, "You mentioned Second Peter three nine about patience, and Second Peter three nine mm-hmm. says uh, the Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance." And so the question says this. The verse says that the Lord does not want any to perish, but all to come to repentance. If our powerful sovereign Lord does not want any to perish, then why would he as a sovereign ruler allow something to happen that he doesn't want to happen? Is he not sovereign? That is a very good question. And it, it um, at some point, uh, if you're a student of the Bible and a student of theology, you're gonna bump up against the, the question mark of, how does this whole thing work with God's sovereignty and human responsibility, especially when you see uh, teaching in the Bible about God's election or predestination, Romans 9, other places. And then you read uh, or you hear, like from me when I was preaching on Sunday, a verse from 2 Peter 3, 9, that he does not, not, to, not desiring any to perish, but all to come to repentance. So how do you reconcile those things? Um, you know, how do you reconcile the idea that God wills wills two things? So earlier on in the New Testament, so when I when I read Second Peter, that's actually also reflected in um, a, an equally controversial verse, Second Timothy, where uh, where Paul says that God desires all people to be saved. And so what I'm going to do is just basically read. Um, what the ESV study Bible says about the second Timothy passage, because it relates to second Peter three. And so uh, here's what he says, and I'm going to bring up some, some terms that are controversial and we're all big boys and we can handle it and big girls and we can figure we can, we can handle, uh, yeah, <laughs> handle topics like this. Right. So, um, okay. So here we go. So here's what the, uh, the writer for the ESV study Bible says about the second Timothy desires all people to be saved passage. Uh, They write, this statement figures prominently in theological disagreements over the extent of the atonement. It cannot be read as suggesting that everyone will be saved for that would be universalism. So universalism meaning there is no hell, everybody's saved, the the cross requires no repentance, just everybody's going to end up Regardless of your response to the cross, you will be saved. Exactly, right. That's universalism. That's universalism, correct. And, and the writer saying it can't, it cannot read suggesting universalism because the rest of the letter makes it clear that some will not be saved. So does that mean God desires something, all people being saved, that he cannot fulfill? There, there's the rub. There's the question. How do you reconcile those two things? And then the writer says, both Arminian and Calvinist theologians. So there he introduces kind of the two camps, right? There's, right. There are people in, there are tribes in each of these camps, but in terms of Christian history, uh, these are the kind of the two teams on this topic, yeah. okay? So. Uh, <laughs> I can tell cool. you're treading so lightly, dude. <laughs> I will not tread as carefully uh, as as Craig, who could literally dance around landmines on these these topics. So, uh, but these are two. These are the two teams, right? And you just you, Christendom. You pick a team on this. So, uh, you got Arminian and Calvinist theologians 
that the writer says, both of those groups respond that God desires something more than universal salvation, which is really, really helpful to, to understand. Both groups uh, clearly see this as Paul's not teaching universal salvation. Arminians hold that God's greater desire is to preserve genuine human freedom, which is necessary for human love, and therefore he must allow that some may choose to reject his offer of salvation. So there's one side. Calvinists hold that God's greater desire is to display the full range of his glory, which results in election depending upon the freedom of his mercy and not upon human choice. They also argue for a preservation of God's love and they have their verses and then Armenians have their verses. However, one understands the extent of the atonement, this passage clearly teaches the free will and universal offer of the gospel to every single human being. For that's what desires means is what uh, the author says. Mm. Desires shows that this is a bona fide expression of God's good will. So in other words, whatever, wherever you come down in, in terms of uh, those two camps of theology, and both are evangelical uh, expressions of theology. Yeah. Um, they are, they, uh, what, what is clearly happening that both groups agree on is that uh, we're, not t- we're not looking at universalism here, and there is a bona fide expression of God's, go- God's goodwill uh, in, in uh, his desire for all people to be saved. So what I would encourage somebody who wants to really explore these two topics of those two things I mentioned earlier, Calvinism and Arminianism is, uh, there is a single, it used to be two separate books. It used to be kind of two small kind of readers on these, on this topic. And then I just saw today that they put it together into one volume. Uh, it's, it's called For Calvinism by Michael Horton and Against Calvinism by Roger Olson. Mm. And so just super helpful to read both of those perspectives. Yeah. Even if you're a, you're a committed person, you feel like I'm, I'm a committed uh, Calvinist, you need to read Against Calvinism by Roger Olson. Yeah. Uh, you need to understand uh, the other side and it, because that helps you understand the commonalities right. uh, and, and how somebody arrives at that place and vice versa. You need to study both, particularly if this is a, a you know, a, a topic that you, um, that you're interested in. And, and if it, if, if, if you're struggling with it at all, please, uh, please read those. And even if you're not, you just need something to read this summer. That's yeah, for sure. That's some, that's some beach reading right there. Yeah, that, um, <laughs> exactly. I, I want to relax in the sun. So I'm going to read something that either a is going to make me feel super awesome about my views that I already yep. hold or B yep. is going to make me really angry about that's the right. views that I already, you know, yeah, if it makes you angry, put the book down, uh, go take, a, so take a dip funny. in the water, then get back out. And yeah, I yeah. literally read those two books, um, poolside a few yeah. years ago. That's awesome, man. And then that led me into this whole other, I read, I read, a, there was a book on Molinism. You ever heard about that? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Molinism. Middle knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Middle knowledge. Yeah. That's right. There's not just middle earth. There's middle knowledge. There's out middle there. knowledge. So anyway, that yes. was an interesting read too. So <laughs> if you're interested in these topics, by all means, get those. And then the other thing I would, I would want to add in here is there's a great book called Still Sovereign by Thomas Schreiner and Bruce Ware. It's not super popular these days, but about 10 years ago, it got, it got, uh, 
it got popular. I actually don't even know if it's still uh, in print. Maybe you want to look that one up. But Thomas Schreiner and Bruce Ware love Bruce Ware, mm-hmm. especially when he talks about uh, atonement. Personally, love that guy. There's a chapter in there uh, by John Piper entitled "Are There Two Wills of God?" Mm. Let me read. Let me read what uh, what uh, Piper writes there, and he he ultimately answers that with yes. Uh, he would argue yes, there are two wills uh, of of God, and and Piper is a, a committed Calvinist, and he would say this was uh, this answer of yes is not unique to. Calvinist, but Arminian people also yeah. uh, ultimately believe that there are two wills of God. And here's how he says this. The most compelling example of God's willing one thing to happen and, and then uh, willing another thing to happen uh, is at the cross. So he says, the most compelling example of God's willing for sin to come to pass while at the same time disapproving the sin is his willing the death of his perfect divine son. The betrayal of Jesus by Judas was a morally evil act inspired by Satan, Luke 22, 3. Yet in Acts 2, 23, Luke says, Jesus was delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. The betrayal was sin and it involved the instrument of Satan, but it was part of God's ordained plan. That that is, there is a sense in which God willed the delivering up of the son, even though it was an act of sin. Herod's contempt for Jesus, Pilate's spineless expediency, the Jews crucify, crucify, and the Gentile soldiers mockery, that's Luke 23, were also sinful attitudes and deeds. Yet, Acts 4, 27 through 28, Luke expresses his understanding of the sovereignty of God in these acts by recording the prayer of the Jerusalem saints. And how did they pray? They prayed this way. Truly in this city, there were gathered together against this the holy servant Jesus, whom you didst appoint, I'm sorry, anoint both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel to do whatever thy hand and thy plan had predestined to take place. So they see all of these acts as something that God has has predestined uh, under the like foreknowledge of God. Mm-hmm. And then Piper goes on to say uh, that even the the evangelical scholar Arminian I H. Uh, Marshall and I have his, his commentary on my shelf. Love that guy. Uh, he he even wrote, "We must certainly distinguish between what God would like to see happen and what He actually does will to happen, and both of these things can be spoken of as God's will." So so Piper's there saying, you know, even I H Marshall and other. Uh, strong, committed, scholarly, Armenian uh, people hold to the idea that there are two senses to which God can will something, and 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 some some ways that they that theologians describe that is a will of decree and a will of command. So there's you know there's there's two different wills, a decree and a command, or uh, a sovereign will versus a moral will. And uh, in my preference, personally, is secret will versus revealed will. Yeah, that's the kind of one I, I go to because Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine actually uses those words when it talks about um, 
Well, I'll just read it. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, the secret things belong to the Lord, our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So there we've got secret things that belong to the Lord. There's things that he's not going to let us know about. Yeah. It's kind of, it's behind this door, behind this curtain, and he's not going to let us go past that curtain. Uh, but there's other things that he's revealed to us that belong to us. And so there's this responsibility that I'm responsible for everything that he's revealed uh, about what he wants done and, and, and how he wants done, about the attitudes I'm supposed to have, about mm-hmm. uh, people who are hurting, about compassion, about reaching the lost, about going, uh, about missions, about all kinds of things that are our responsibility but then we're supposed to trust, uh, trust the Lord with, with, with something that's secret, his secret will. Right. And, uh, it's kind of like I, I said on Sunday, it's kind of like you've got this deep end of the pool and you've got this shallow end of the pool. And most of the time, everybody's just kind of hanging out in the shallow, the shallow end of the pool. And yeah. I tell my kids, this is the place you want to hang. You want to stay, <laughs> stay in the shallow end. I mean, you can go on to the deep end. The deep end's good. It's fun. But, uh, you're not going to be able to stand for too long yeah, out you there. You can't live out in the deep end. You can't That's live sure. at your, your, you, yeah, exactly. You're out there yeah. swimming, doggy paddling and you can doggy paddle for so long. And there are people that can really get, can get out there farther than I can and their feet can touch and they're good. Uh, but They've at some got point those really they get crazy back. long <laughs> theological legs. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. No, that's good. Um, the kind of the angle I was thinking through too is, um, I think once you get to a certain point in your faith and, uh, I mean, even, you know, for, for even new believers, these are the kind mm-hmm. of questions, the difficult questions that we look for answers on. Um, and I think it's important to land kind of where you're talking about is like, there are certain things that God will not tell us the answer about. And he's, he's revealed so much, uh, he has revealed a certain amount, uh, the perfect amount, the amount that he wants us to know. Right. Um, and it's not wrong to ask questions right. and it's, it's right. good. I, it I think good. It, it, it expresses a heart to understand a heart to know God, to, to know his heart as well, uh, and to seek his wisdom. Um, but I think oftentimes there can be another, uh, motivation in us. Can't there be when we're, we're asking questions of, um, you know, it's not so much, you know, Lord, help me understand to some, it can sometimes become, you know, God, how dare you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it can sure. easily take that. And, and I think that, you know, we struggle with that, all of us to some degree. Um, but I think it's helpful to make sure that we're, we're staying aware of that tendency in ourselves. Cause we can come to this and say, you know, yeah. okay, you're saying you desire one thing, you're doing another thing, you know, I'm going to put you on trial and you answer to me as to why you're doing things a certain sure. way. Yeah. And the question, I mean, the question that comes down to is, you know, God, if you're able to save, how could you not save all? Sure. When really the real question needs to be like, God, you are so holy. How could you save any? How could you, you know, and and so it's, you know, we're, we sometimes can get lost and focused in on what God's doing and, and trying to figure out what he's responsible for without, and then we forget Mm -hmm. that, you know, no, I, I am responsible before the Lord and it's only by his grace and only by the blood of Christ that I can stand in his presence and not, you know, fear condemnation, not fear judgment and not, uh, feel that, you know, I'm an enemy of God, but now I'm a friend of God, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I just think it's, it's, you know, while we're asking questions and stuff, we also need to remind ourselves, but, but 
you know, if it weren't for the grace of God, you know? Yeah, so, absolutely. And, and I think that's, that, that's, um, I mean, really these topics, um, we need to study them because I mean, really we're called to, in, in one respect, to love God with all of our minds. How do we love him with all of our minds without sometimes going, you know, deep with this stuff, yeah, like really studying absolutely. scripture and, and reconciling verses and, mm-hmm. and doing a deep dive, going yeah. out into the, wading out into the deep end of the pool, because it's there that we, uh, uh, we get more precise in what we believe. It's there mm-hmm. that we understand more of God, that we see God in, in a new way, in a different way. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just good that we don't like that. We don't stay there yeah. or, or, or move into these weird places where we start accusing God or right. I've got to figure this out now, God, mm-hmm. or, or when we see something that we never saw before, somebody else has got to figure it out quickly. So <laughs> I've been that guy. Yeah. I've been the guy that's been like, uh, I figured it all out. And then I've got to convince every yeah. single person. And, and I'm not going to give you the kind of time it took me to figure this out. So right. I'm going to be, uh, annoying and horrible, you know, just oh. this jerk guy. This, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, yeah. We get puffed up in our knowledge and knowledge our, puffs you know, up, man. That's yeah. what knowledge puffs up. Love yeah. builds up. And, and that's true of theological knowledge. And it's, 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 uh, sneaky. Cause we yeah. think, you know, um, I've got this, this knowledge, but we can wield that like a right. weapon. Yeah. And, that, and, uh, yeah. That's a good thing to point out too, is um, like these questions are not just about how we relate to God, but also how we relate to brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, you yeah. pointed out the fact that there, there are, you know, when it comes to, uh, issues like this, especially concerning the sovereignty of God and the freedom of, uh, of mankind, you know, there's kind of the two camps of Calvinism versus Arminianism. And there's some, you know, there's, there's variations of those two views mm-hmm. and sometimes they yep. mix in some ways, but the reality is, is, you know, you'd probably sit in church next to someone who doesn't hold your view right. or it, it's yep. probable. I mean, there's some churches I'm sure where that's not the case where it's very, uh, you know, it's basically a, you know, one view is pervasive in the whole group, but yep. you know, in most churches, you're going to be friends with people that, uh, that don't agree with you on 100% of things. And it, and that's okay. That's totally cool. One, absolutely. <laughs> like, yes. That's a good thing. Like that's if true. you, if you come and you're just sharing this too, I'm, I have been there too, where it's, it's hard to stay friends. You get so, uh, excited or so focused on one particular, like, yep. like niche thing or topic in doctrine yep. that you, it, it, instead of bringing you closer to the body of Christ and loving God more, it, it starts to, you know, it becomes a temptation in your heart to divide over Absolutely. non-essential right. things. So yep. I think even while we're, we're investigating these hard questions and we're growing and we're being careful about our motivations, we also yep. need to be careful about how we're walking with one another and loving one another and saying, Hey, let's talk about this stuff. Yep. And it's okay if we disagree. <laughs> exactly. And that's why we, we want to strive ever to be a gospel centered church. Yeah. So we're, we don't want to be a theology centered church or this kind of camp center church. We want to mm-hmm. be Jesus, the gospel, the cross. That's where we want to, yeah, that's where that's we want to find our unity. And that's where, that's what we want to take to our city. And, uh, yeah, so that's, and sometimes, um, you know, sometimes <laughs> knowledge of God, if it doesn't move us to loving God and loving neighbor, it kind of reminds me of the parable that Jesus taught about the talents. Remember, he, he gives five talents to one and he, he goes and does something with it. He yeah. puts it into action and he gives three talents to another. They do something with it. And then there's this, this one guy, uh, you remember he says, uh, 
he also had received the one talent, came forth saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man. Interesting. I knew something about you. Mm. I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. Here you go. Mm. <laughs> so I didn't spend it, but I didn't invest it. Yeah. Because I knew something. I knew something about you. And the master answered, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own interest. So take the talent from him, give it to the one who has 10. uh, And for to everyone who has will more be given and he will have an abundance. But the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. So it's a, to me, that, that passage has reminded me of times when um, my knowledge of God has not moved towards loving God and loving mm-hmm. other people. And I've just, and I've rested in something that I've maybe figured out about God or uh, yeah. just something about my knowledge and, and yeah. it hasn't moved me outward and to application. So I just, mm-hmm. I, I, I mentioned, I mentioned that too, because I'm very susceptible of that. And so uh, yep. So there you go. Yeah, that's good, man. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I, I looked it up. That still sovereign book is available. Oh, is it? Okay. Good. Yeah. So it's weird. It's weird because I just went to amazon.com typed in still sovereign brought up that the next book probably looks like a pretty good book by DA Carson, divine sovereignty and human responsibility, a biblical perspective intention. Hey, that's a great hey, title. Uh, <laughs> sounds like sounds something I'd good. Like D.A. Carson writes good stuff. Yeah, so there here's you go. the kicker. The third book down, Sovereign, a reverse harem dark romance. And it's got like <laughs> some muscular vampire on the... It's weird, dude. So, so I guess we're not you, recommending that Yeah, one? we're not recommending okay. all books that pop up when you <laughs> type in Still Sovereign. So just be careful on Amazon, guys. You might get some weird books. There you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, I would say this, Jared. How this relates to family and as we're wrapping up this whole series. Yeah. There, there is... Uh, there is a sense in which knowing what you're responsible for relationally and knowing what you're not responsible for is very helpful. Um, I'm responsible to forgive those around me. As Mm. I have been forgiven, I'm responsible to forgive those around me. Uh, My extended family, my, my kids, my wife, all those kinds of things, I'm responsible to do that. And then they're responsible for their own part before the Mm. Lord. And so there's this sense in which um, it's good to know that there's these bound, there are these boundaries. I'm not responsible for my kid responding to the gospel. Ultimately, I can't make them believe in Jesus. Right. I, I pray desperately that they do. I plead with them to trust yeah. in the Lord. And I've told them that. And I've also told them it's not my responsibility to make them and I can't make them. And yeah. uh, if I did make them, it wouldn't be their decision. It wouldn't be their uh, it wouldn't be them. It yeah. wouldn't be theirs. They're, it wouldn't be their faith. And so my responsibility is pray for them, plead with them, mm-hmm. teach them, um, weep over them, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, and joyfully live out a relationship with Jesus in, in a way that I hope is compelling. Yeah. But, but there is this, this sense in which I'm not responsible. There's a point where they're responsible Yeah. That's and right. I can rest in that, that, uh, uh, God's heard my prayer and, you know, and, 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 and they've heard my, they've heard me share the gospel with them many times and they're, <laughs> and they're responsible for what they, what they have heard right? and that kind of thing. So there's a sense that I can rest in that. 
Yeah, I think that's helpful too. Yeah, as we're, we're wrapping up this series, um, I just want to say thank you, man, for the work you put into, yeah. uh, you know, these past four weeks, taking us through um, just stories of family brokenness, uh, mm-hmm. you know, through Genesis, various stories that I think that we all, if we've been in church for, you know, even a small amount of time, we've probably heard these stories, even growing up, you know, going to Sunday school mm-hmm. classes and, you know, you have the flannel board and like, oh, right. there's Joseph and his, you know, many colored coat, like those sorts of <laughs> things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we know about these stories. We think we're super familiar with them and it's sometimes we forget, right. you know, why they're there. We forget uh, the deep spiritual truths that are that are hidden there for us to find. And so I, I just appreciate you opening that up. And even uh, Sunday, you're talking about forgiveness. Um, you know, you're talking about Joseph and his relationship with his brothers who betrayed him, stabbed him in the back. Mm-hmm. We're going to murder him. And then they end up like settling on, oh, we're not going to murder him. We're just going to sell mm-hmm. him into slavery. Right. You know, right. <laughs> much <laughs> that that's so much better. Um, right. And, and so, at, you know, at the end after their father Jacob dies you know Joseph has come to this place where he has this amazing perspective on saying like you know you guys did these evil things but ultimately it was according to to God's Mm -hmm. good plan to save many Uh, and so you Mm -hmm. know uh, you meant it for evil but God meant it for good and then he, you know, comes to this place of forgiveness to his brother. So I, I don't know if you could kind of talk a little bit about forgiveness in families for us, you know, briefly as we finish up the podcast. Yeah, the, uh, the the topic of forgiveness, I just was really glad that, you know, looking at the life of Joseph, we, we kind of ended on that topic because if there's anything in terms of ongoing family struggle, it, it bumps up against this. Yeah. It's the issue of, can I, can I forgive this member of my family um, of the maybe very horrible thing that took place several years ago that we've never talked about, or just the ongoing daily annoyances of, of family, which happens too. That's, that's part of family too, is when sinners are together in a family, um, you can bet that they're going to sin against each other and there's going to be lots of opportunity to forgive. And, and therein lies the rub. How, how do I get to a place where I, can freely forgive so that we can move forward in a relationship uh, where I trust the person, where there's peace, where there's communication. Um, And the difficulty there is that um, I've got to believe something about God. In order for me to extend forgiveness, I've, I've got to have a view of God that frees me to forgive, that I can draw from. Yeah. Because if I'm drawn from myself, I'm not going to be a loving or forgiving person. <laughs> I'm going to uh, keep a record of wrong. I'm right. going to remember the last time I had this conversation with this person. Or um, We're so good at that. We're so good at keeping a record of wrong. But when we're drawing from the reality that God sees everything and Mm -hmm. I don't have to hold the record, I don't have to keep the record, I don't have to remind somebody of the record, I can trust that to him and I can, I can be at peace and I can freely, freely forgive. When I, when I'm reminded that Jesus died on the cross, he spilled his blood so that I could be forgiven of every sin I have ever done and ever will do. I mean, it's tough to hold on to a grudge when you're, yeah. when you're thinking of that. Yeah. Um, 
Now our buckets leak. So we, we, you know, we forget that we forget yeah. the gospel, we forget the cross. And so we need to be reminded of the cross yes. so that I can forgive. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't be surprised when I have a hardened heart. Like I don't want to forgive this person. Yeah. Um, I should just remember that that's, that's because I have amnesia. I forget. And I need to be reminded that, uh, God has forgiven me of everything through through the blood of Jesus and uh, gives me an opportunity to forgive others around me, both yeah. of the, the little annoyances yeah. and then of the big things. And I would encourage people to, that, that uh, like I said in the sermon, you've you got to go talk to somebody that's, um, that's hurt you in the past. If you have been hurt or injured, you need to go... Um, and, and this is not an issue of forgiveness, and it's it, especially if, it, if it's a... If it's a crime, I mentioned this, if it was an evil that was a crime, that needs to be reported. Yeah. Uh, and you need to find somebody to help you report that. But um, but you, you can't just pretend evil wasn't done to you. Joseph doesn't yeah. do that. Joseph says, you meant evil against me. You got to acknowledge that um, and not rush too quickly to a, a good truth that right. God meant it for good, but you got to acknowledge the evil because yeah. I, th- I think that healing comes that way. That's really yeah. good too. And I think that's a reminder for those of us who maybe aren't in the position of having been sinned against. I mean, granted we've all been sinned against, but you're, you're saying like, you know, in situations where maybe you need to report something or, or really any situation we're, yep. we're called to lean on our brothers and sisters in Christ. And when we, when we come together and mourn for those who mourn and, and weep yep. for those who weep, you know, I think the temptation is to gloss things over because it can sometimes be awkward and say, well, God has Mm -hmm. a plan or, you know, this isn't meaningless or, you know, God works all things together for good. Yeah, that's right. Um, but just like you're pointing out that, you know, Joseph said, Hey, you meant this for evil, uh, before saying, but God meant it for good. It's okay for us to acknowledge like, Hey, this is, this is evil. This This is is wrong. wrong. This This is is sin. You were sinned against. It's right that you would feel hurt. Like, yes. I, I understand that, you know, yeah. we don't have to gloss that over. Um, but then ultimately there is a call to trust in the Lord. And I, and I really, mm-hmm. I really like how you said it. You know, we, we don't have to be the ones who keep the record. God mm-hmm. keeps the record. Yep. Uh, he, he, of all the beings in the universe, him being the most holy has a greater understanding than I do of that deep yep. personal wound that I'm carrying around. Yep. Uh, you know, if son, if sin was done, he knows and yes. he knows better than I do. So yep. me holding a grudge is not, it, mm-hmm. it, it's like, he's like, dude, just calm down. I got it. You right. know, right. uh, that's good. Yep. That's good. And I think that's a, that's a burden that's just too heavy for us to, to carry. It destroys people. Sure we is. see it in people, bitter people, angry people who have held on to bitterness and specifically on the topic of family, it's torn families apart. Absolutely. You know, Yep. Siblings that are estranged, parents who haven't talked to children, people that are just angry against, you know, they're angry with their family members for weeks, months, years. Yep. Um, Cause I just can't get this family member to see what the hurt that they've done. They yeah. won't acknowledge it. So yeah. this burden of, I've got to provide adequate proof and evidence, right. you know, yeah, yeah, of, yeah. The, of the things that you've done and, yeah. and, and then that person not seeing it and the frustration, it just yeah. causes more separation and yeah. yeah. Rather than just saying, you know what, mm-hmm. I may never convince this person. Yeah. Um, oh man, that's hard. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, it is. Oh man. Well, um, 
Yeah, thanks, man. That that's very helpful. And again, thank you for the series. For uh, sure, we all walk through familial brokenness, and I think that really helps to remember that uh, God has a has, He works in that brokenness. He works in it and so, through it. Yeah. And I'm excited about the next uh, series we're doing through the summer. Yeah, we're going to do up? summer in the Psalms. Ooh, and uh, so there's so different uh, pastors are going to be taking different Psalms. We're not doing it like in an order. We're yeah, just yeah. kind of. Uh, 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 picking our favorite or something. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, <laughs> Please tell me you'll be preaching on the impre- imprecatory Psalms. Yeah. Uh, like, which I can't remember. Is it t- 21 or 22? It's one of the, bro, I it's don't. one of the lower ones where it uh-huh. talks about, you know, Hey, knock out the teeth of my enemies, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's like, dude, that is that is going to be strong content for Just Sunday morning. Crush the mouth of my enemies. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll, I'll handle that one. Perfect. I can't I'll wait. I'll do that one. <laughs> oh man. Well, that's going to be good. No, uh, all kidding aside, that's going to be awesome. Going through yep. some psalms and. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. And then you you mentioned uh, to me earlier that Bob Hughes is going to be preaching this Sunday. He's doing this Sunday. Yeah, he's kicking us off. It's going to be great. With the first one. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's been a while be, since he preached. I'm excited. Yes. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Awesome. Well, thanks again, uh, dude. Some upcoming things. Just a reminder. Hey, if you signed up for classes starting June 12th, that's coming up. That's next Wednesday, not tomorrow, but the week after. So uh, just remember, if you signed up for a class in the first session, it's starting next Wednesday. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time. And then there's still time to sign up for the second session uh, starting July 10th through the 31st. So uh, if you haven't signed up for a second session, do it. There's some really strong classes going on. And uh are, are we, are we not, are we done? We're not going to talk about Star Wars or anything. I mean, it's getting pretty long, man. I, I don't know. What, we what, can, how long, how long has this gone? We're at 40 minutes right now. Okay, I mean, so that is long. I mean, I don't know. Would, do you think people would forgive us if we did talk about Star Wars? I did have one person say that they were, uh, a little discouraged by my comments about the Ewoks. Oh, that's right. So yeah, let me yeah, just yeah. set this record straight. They were straight. the Ewok apologists. For all of my uh, ribbing of George Lucas's cash grab of the Ewoks, <laughs> uh, ultimately, the last, um, the Return of the Jedi, uh, the, the, the defeat of the Death Star was accomplished by Lando. Calrissian mm, in the Ewoks. It's true. So I just have to acknowledge that. Yeah, if okay. not for the Ewoks, when they are captured, yes. uh, they'd be stuck, and then the shield wouldn't come down, and then it's a trap would just <laughs> never be <laughs> recti- rectified. That's right. So let's just give. Well, I will give credit where that's due. Yeah. But it is still, nevertheless. Yeah. A cash grab. All right. But the whole thing is a, is a big cash grab and they're taking my money and I'm freely giving it's it true. to them. So yeah, it doesn't matter. It's true. It was all for money. George Lucas <laughs> did not, you know, he wasn't donating Star Wars to the planet as like, I don't want money from this. I, this is a work of love yeah. and charity. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Give all the proceeds to children or something like that. Maybe next week or the week after we'll, we'll cover summer movies, like summer movies yeah, like we should. Godzilla and some other, you yeah, know, Toy good. Story 4. Let's yeah. talk about these things. These are important topics. These that are, I think this we don't is talk the marketplace about. of ideas. <laughs> is in the, is in cinema. This is where the marketplace uh, of ideas good. is is at, is awesome. at work. All right, man. Well, yep. thanks again for being here. Reminder: feel free to shoot in uh, your text in. Uh, rather than shoot, don't, don't shoot questions at us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> text in your sermon-related questions to 469-573-2920, and we're excited to uh, get those answered here on the podcast. Thanks, Rob, for joining me. Yep. Looking forward to more this summer uh, at Grace Church, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.